Thank you for hearing our prayers tonight. Thank you even for the grace to pray and for direction. The word says that we know not what to pray for as we ought, but your spirit makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. Thank you, Holy Spirit of God. Thank you for even the grace of the spirit of grace and the spirit of supplication uh, that you are you will cause to descend upon us even as we continue to tarry, we continue to wait, Lord, for and expect for you to prepare the atmosphere uh, for make it to make it ripe for blessing in this time and in this season. Thank you, our Father. We give all glory to your name. Lord, we trust you that um, you continue to help us to and begin to show us the the landscape even in the scriptures and in the spirit concerning what you've you want the spiritual blessing for this season. Lord, we pray that you will cause it to open up to us by your spirit. We ask for the anointing to come and teach us these things and to come and make it plain. Thank you, Father. We give glory to your name. Love love is not our thing. It's your thing. Father, I need to take you, Lord, to, to give us entrance, to give us access, even, to give us accurate light and understanding. Thank you, our Father. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, amen. Please, let's just um, let's go to the Word just a little bit tonight, and before we'll, we'll pray again. Um, amen. Amen. Um, so we we'll trust the Lord to to open up um, more to us. Um, I, I know, of course, the Word of God. Um, though it takes the, the the leading in the word, um, it takes leading in the word to open up pathways in us um, for us to actually receive the spiritual blessing uh, which God wants to wants to bring to us. Um, we, we know the, the the scripture is the plow, is the plow of the spirit. Is what the Holy Ghost uses to to break the fallow ground of our heart is the purpose of the scripture is primarily for the renewing of the mind to to give way access to the spirit to to for to access the heart and to bless the heart so uh, so that's why you see Paul we say let the word of Christ dwell in you richly so the the dwelling of the, his word gives access to um, other forms of indwelling of Christ by the spirit Praise the Lord. So we'll trust the Lord to even give us to crystallize more through the scripture, the essence of what um, what they, they want to say to us. Praise God. Let us open um, our Bibles just quickly to that First Corinthians chapter. First Corinthians chapter um, twelve. Um, so I think where our theme is coming from it's just from that end of chapter 12 into then the, the chapter 13 and and then uh, you now saw in chapter 14 the charge 
where Paul was saying to follow after. Praise God. In in First Corinthians chapter twelve, um, I'll, I'll read the last verse. You see, but uh, sorry, yes, you see, but covet earnestly the best gifts. Uh, that's verse thirty-one. First Corinthians chapter twelve, verse thirty-one says, but covet earnestly the best gifts, and and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. Praise God. Amen. And and so, uh, of course, we know this was one straight letter. It was later they added these chapters and all that. So it was just speaking. It was a continuous thought all the way from chapter 12, boom, before that, going all the way through chapter 13 into chapter 14. It was just a continuous writing of Paul to the Corinthians. So, so when he said, I show you a more excellent way, what he began to say in chapter 13 is the is the way, is the showing of the more excellent way um, is what he began to speak about in chapter 13. And, and he began to say, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have no charity, I am as uh, I become as a sounding brass or as a tingling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge and, and though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains and have no charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have no charity, it profited me nothing. The charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunted not itself, it is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemly. Seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity never faileth. Praise God. Uh, charity never faileth. Praise God. But whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. But we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is in, in which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. And when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as I am known. And now abided faith, hope, and charity. These three, but the greatest of these is charity. Then he continued and now said, follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that he may prophesy, praise God. Um, amen. So he's telling us to follow. So the way which he introduced in chapter 30, that verse 31 of chapter 12, he explained it in verse 13, and now said this particular way, you should follow after it. You should follow after this way, after this excellent way. And we know that this way, um, the, the way that God, Jesus Christ said it in the book of John chapter 14, uh, concerning that way, uh, I'll, I'll can read there if you can turn your Bible to John. <clears throat> John chapter 13, verse 1. Um, 
He said, Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. And in my father's house are many mansions. And if it were not so, I would have told you, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also, and whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. And then Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Praise God. And Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So, of course, when he said, ye know, ye know, he wasn't saying that they have a revelation of it. But what he's saying is that at a level, they have related with that way. And then he now explained that I am that way. Praise the Lord. I am the way. I am the truth and the life. So, so we see that this way that, uh, the, the, that Christ is, Jesus is introducing himself to be. He's, he's actually a way upward. Right? It's a way upward. It's a way um, that is above, um, where uh, it's a place where God is. Because if it's a way that's going to God, um, then God is higher. In the book of um, Isaiah chapter 55, it said, as high as the heaven, my way is not your way. My thought is not your thought. As high as the heaven is from the earth, so my own ways from your ways and my thoughts from your thoughts. So also, um, Jesus is, um, he is an upward is actually a, the the way through which um, man gets to God. That's very clear. We know that uh, it's a very, very, very simple concept in the scripture. Jesus being the way, that second person of the Trinity, being the way uh, to God. Praise the Lord. But now, um, Paul, Paul brought some more, um, some more insight into um jesus because jesus is is many things right so but there is there is a portion of jesus there is actually a dimension of him of his nature that actually constitutes the way to god and if um that way is not if that is not unveiled the the portion of him uh because you should find that jesus christ is actually re received on different levels you know he told his disciples that to, that this way you actually know the way to a degree <laughs> means that they had a kind of knowledge of him um praise the lord but um, this him being the way um there is a relationship someone can have with jesus but you've not yet connected the way in other words you at relating with him at that level does not does not constitute you having access to the way of in, into the way that leads to God. So someone can relate with Jesus at a level. Uh, there are different levels where they, someone can relate with Him, but in that level of relationship, the actual the way to God is not open up yet. The way to God is not open, and um, so but Paul, um, by God's grace, was God used him to now begin to give explanation 
in uh, that first Corinthians chapter 13. Uh, if we go, if I go back there, amen. He began to give explanation and, and he was very careful. He was using actually examples to because I believe this Corinthian church, um, they had been they had handled, even though they were, they were um, he, the way he spoke to them, a number of them were in milk, but they've handled a lot of things, they've handled gifts of the spirit, they've handled many things. Uh, that uh, they, uh, when came as dividends of them having the spirit. Uh, praise the Lord. And then but he began yeah. to not break things apart. He began to say, first of all, you can speak with tongues of men and of angels. Uh, so, so that word is telling them, so you have a measure of angelic dealings. Um, okay. So I can imagine these guys having meetings, the angels coming to their meeting. Of course, for them to speak tongues of the angel, it means that they must have had angelic visitation that results in maybe tongues. You see someone speaking in tongues, someone interpreting tongues, an angel is here, you know, bringing message. All kinds of things must have been going on. Uh, and of course, if uh, a lot of times when, um, when tongues of angels are coming, it also constitutes some aspect of blessing, blessedness that is part of angelic nature or what angelic they, they, they diffuse of themselves, praise God. So, so he's saying that even though you can, you can speak with two tongues of men, speak tongues of angels, but you have not this dimension, praise God. You don't have this dimension of, of, of allocation uh, of love. It's called, he called it charity. Said you are just become as a sounding brass or as a tingling symbol. And he went on to speak about prophecy. And he now even went into understanding mysteries and knowledge and, and then have all faith. So these things that he was mentioning here, um, I don't think they are they are not I don't think these knowledge mysteries just it is just speaking only about maybe um it's knowledge in the world, maybe natural mysteries, maybe those who are in in fields of study, who know things about is maybe profs in university and all that, uh, maybe study of the star of creation, all of that. I, I think that this, because he was speaking to spiritual people, uh, he was speaking in a church, he was, he was writing concerning church matters when you read the conversation from chapter 12. So so I, I, I can almost guarantee that the knowledge and mysteries and all that, that these Corinthians knew, it wasn't astrology, it wasn't philosophy, it wasn't how to make money, it wasn't all of that stuff, that these, these people had come into some measure, some degree of, of allocation, of understanding, of light, understanding of mystery. But so you now realize that there is a dimension of mystery even in, in, in Jesus and in Christ that doesn't touch his charity. And if he doesn't touch his charity, it hasn't taught, it is not yet excellent it is not yet excellent it is not yet excellent and if it's not excellent then it is not it's that excellent way which is what leaded to god has not yet opened up means they've not touched the dimension of what opened god's off praise the lord uh so i i, I love the word that word ex, excellent 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 means to go beyond it goes above it is higher. It is beyond a realm. It is beyond a level. It excels something. Praise God. And, and this excellence, um, you, and that place you see that word excellence, 
is uh, when Paul also was writing to the Hebrews and Hebrews chapter 1. Uh, let's see Hebrews chapter 1. Thank you, Father. Hebrews chapter 1, I, I read from verse 1. It says, it says that God who at sundry times and in diverse manners speak in time past unto the fathers by the by the prophets. He speak in time past unto the fathers by the by the prophets. Then he now says verse 2 has in these last days spoken unto us by his son, whom he had appointed heir of all things, and by whom he made all the worlds. Praise God. Now you see this. He's talking about speaking, a manner, manner of speaking. And you realize that even when the time of speaking to the fathers, there was a lot of angelic activity also involved in dealings with the fathers at the, in those sundry times. Um, but he now says in these last days, there is a, a different uh, authority, is a different um, allocation of speaking, uh, which is a speaking by his son, whom he had appointed of all things, and by whom he made the world. And verse 3 says that that son is the brightness of his glory, and then is the express image of his person, and upholded all things by the word of his power. When he had by himself poured our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. And verse 4 says, being made so much better than the angels. <clears throat> Uh, as he had by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they, being made so much better, being made so means he he excels more than they more than them. Uh, so he's been made better than the angels. And how what made him better or what made him more excellent? Yeah, is through something they call inheritance. There's something called inheritance in the spirit. Amen. So that thing called inheritance is actually what Paul is beginning to describe. Paul is beginning to, Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is beginning to un unveil the world of inheritance. He's, he's beginning to bring revelation. He's beginning to show the world of inheritance. Paul is, Paul is creating the marker that this is the point where inheritance begins. You see, and, and how you know is what his language, what he's saying here in First Corinthians 13 is that before this point, everything is nothing. Before this point, means that you might have gathered some things that should have helped you move into the realm of inheritance, but before you get here, everything is really, really nothing. Amen. So he, he spoke about knowledge, prophecy, mysteries, knowledge, and even faith. He spoke about all faith as well. And you could move mountains and all that. But have not charity, I am nothing. So that word nothing means you you own nothing. Another, another way he put it in verse 3, he says, do I bestow my goods to feed the poor, and do I give my body to be born, and have not charity? He said, it profited me nothing. So if it profited me nothing, I am nothing. So that is meaning that there you, you haven't come into um, a place of ownership in the spirit. Paul is laying down the, the, the groundwork. He's showing that 
in Christ, because I believe all of this conversation is in Christ. All of this First uh, um, Corinthians 13 is in Christ. They are, all, they are Christ conversations. And it is not saying that in Christ, there is a, there's a point in Christ where inheriting begins. It means that someone who is joining in Christ, there's a place you get to where you begin to own things in the spirit. You begin to own things. You, in other words, you begin to, that they can look at you and there are things in the spirit, properties in the spirit that they can attribute to you. That this is is he, this man owns this thing. This man has owned something in the spirit. Those are things that are called inheritance. So that those inheritance um, is the the actual purpose of power in the spirit. Is the word power is actually a word for is for ownership. Is the a power is the is the resolver of contention. That and boy and everything in the spirit must be contended for. So, so the power is actually the giver of inheritance. Is the giver, the one who makes a soul um, um, inherit. Praise the Lord. So, so charity is actually the dividend of power in the spirit. That when when you a soul begins to access charity, that so when they see that soul in the spirit, they see that this soul has owned something. Praise God. And, and if you go down to verse 13 uh, of this chapter, it says that, and now abided faith, hope, charity, and these three. And then he says the greatest of these is charity. So you see there is faith, there is hope, and then there is charity. So faith is not ownership. Praise God. Faith Hallelujah. is not ownership. Faith is not ownership. Faith is the preparation for ownership. Faith is the way for ownership. Faith is the means of ownership. It is the it is how it is the is the, is the training path, is the capacitating path for ownership in the spirit. Um, is like I, there was I think we were doing our, our meeting on Saturday. There was the, the Lord was just was teaching us this thing, the same thing. Um, and and um, and I actually believe it's just one thing, one particular thing that this whole season wants to impart to us, and is is really how to give us things, how to make us have these things in the spirit, the the nature, the dividend, the blessing which they have been been, been, been ministering to us, which we've seen from afar, which we have been joining by faith, by faith to inherit. Then now comes a time when they want to begin to give give soul capacity to actually be inheritors of those things and and one of the things that um, the Lord began to show to, uh, to us just by by analogy was um how you know he was using using the way we're looking at scriptures concerning living um in the spirit versus living in the grave right and we saw how that souls can the voice of the son of God the Bible says it in the book of John chapter 5, that the time is coming and now is when the, the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God. And of course, that voice of the Son of God is the voice that Paul spoke about in Hebrews chapter 1, that he says, has now spoken unto us by his Son, who being the brightness of his glory, expressing or just expressing. So that 
that voice of the son, John said it in chapter 5, that the time will come when the dead will hear it, and then those that hear it will live. And, and we saw um, that Paul was also writing in Romans chapter 8, that if we live in the spirit, means those who have heard the voice, who have been quickened by the voice, who now live in the spirit, that they, they should now begin to walk in the spirit. And we said that that walking in the spirit, which is beyond living, because there is a walk that makes you live, which is the walk of faith. And when you are now living in the spirit, you now need to walk in the spirit, which is the walk of love in the spirit. Uh, and we said that the, the, the walk of love is, is a walk of men who own, you know the way somebody who doesn't own something walks, it's not the same thing as a man who owns something. The man who has the land, and the analogy we saw was that someone can leave his own compound and travel somewhere. You go around and you visit places, you can even go to a different country, get your visa, you go around, enjoy. Amen. And then after all the enjoyment, walking, walking, you still come back to your own compound um, because yeah. every soul has a home point. It has a point it falls back to. And the way you can measure the inheritance of a soul is, is the point where the soul defaults back to. So, so, so faith walk is like taking a stroll. You are taking a walk. Sometimes when you see somebody who is walking by faith, even by faith of the sun, they can begin to stroll into territories by faith. And the, the, the vehicle of faith in the spirit is revelation. According to Romans chapter 1, that's why he says that motion of the gospel of Christ is the power of God. Uh, or that those gospel or the news of Christ, they are the carriers of men. So what news of Christ or the revelation of Christ carry men into terrains which they don't own yet by faith? Because the, the Hebrews chapter 11, he defined faith. He said that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So faith is the transporter into the unseen. Faith is what is what is true faith. You 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 step in territories which you haven't yet taken. Faith is the vehicle of the spirit by which you extend the bounds of the soul, by which you extend the cords of the soul. That's faith operation. But someone can have great voyage of faith. Someone can have great journeys of faith, where you can travel the world, travel to Europe, travel to China, travel around, but at the end, there's a place you, you still come back to as your home. And the place, the only place you can come back to as your home is a place you have inherited. So yeah. it is still your own land. At the end, you come back to your own land. So, and that's one of the, the, the great problems sometimes those of us in this path can have. Sometimes... Our sometimes we have great seasons of voyage in the spirit. We have great faith seasons because of abundance of revelation. Sometimes when revelation is high, we can by in terms of doing of things, in terms of obeying commandment, all kinds of things, we take voyage of faith. We press into things. We you know when you there's a way faith can carry you into the vicinity of natures beyond your own present inheritance. And when you are in such voyage of faith, sometimes you can feel like, wow, I now own this place. <laughs> I'm not here. But it doesn't necessarily translate because you now find sometimes they, it's as if there is a relapse. They, after a while, when that season is almost maybe ending or it's truncated and there are all kinds of things that can truncate voyage. The devil has made sure of that. He has made sure that Anywhere you go, your home will be calling you. 
wherever you, there's a place we retreat back to always, which is the place that we have inherited in our nature. Amen. And so you know, so the, the, the vision of God is to, you know, is through that activity of taking voyage of faith, through revelation. Revelation can transport the soul into places and the soul even begins to walk there. And the goal of that is to shift the boundary of your inheritance. Yeah, that after walking and walking, that was the technology of, of Israelites, as we were seeing on Saturday, that the Lord was taking them to step. So wherever the sole of your feet steps upon, I have a power that should make you inherit. And one of the things we saw is that in order to cause inheritance to happen, faith must then go further. You must, at some point, break into patience. If you can, if you can take faith journey and include patience with it, after a while, the, the, by virtue of your feet stepping in a place, you have a potential of inheriting it. You have a potential of expanding yourself and moving forward. Praise the Lord. So, so, so what Paul was actually describing here is that, is that, that that realm of dimension of charity, you know, there is the faith of Christ, then there is the love of Christ. So everybody who is, who, is, who is partaking, who is walking in the faith of Christ, that is not the end of what you are doing. Praise the Lord. In that Romans chapter 1, after he said that you move, um, sorry, the, the immersion of the gospel of Christ, because it is the power of God unto salvation, from the Jew to the Greek and all that, then he says, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed, from faith to faith, from faith to faith, then as it is written, that the just shall live by faith. So you see that faith to faith and living by faith is when he said, if you live in the spirit, those who live in the spirit are those who have journeyed from faith to faith till the point, till the point where they now began to, they now found inheritance in the spirit. And so they are now living in the spirit. They have a domicile at a particular position in the spirit. And from that position, you can now walk a higher walk. And amen. So that, that walk, which you walk after you are in the spirit, is the walk into God. Because that walk into God, amen, is the walk in the love way. It only You can't just walk to God by rough, only faith alone. Faith of Christ alone cannot open God to a man. A man who will access God must have used the faith of Christ and abounded in faith. Let's see that in Ephesians chapter 3. Amen. Praise God. Let's see Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians. <clears throat> Thank you, Father. Ephesians chapter 3. I'll read from... From verse 14, amen. He says that for, for this cause, I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he will grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, and then that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith first, 
That's the first way. This is the first dimension of Christ dwelling. There's a way he dwells first in a man. It's that word, this word dwelling by faith is the is the initial exposition by revelation. It's the initial introduction by revelation. It is this is the this Christ dwelling um by faith. This is the first. This is the first dimension of Christ's life, the first vicinity of Christ's life that a soul enters into is a faith world. It is a world in Christ. It is the world of the faith of Christ. Amen. So that's the first way of indwelling. But that man who is just partaking of this level, he doesn't really have inheritance yet. He doesn't have inheritance yet. Praise God. So, but that is the beginning that Christ might dwell in your hearts by faith, then that you being rooted and grounded in love. That you being rooted. So, after Christ has dwelt in your heart by faith, the, that word that ye means the purpose of this is for this. The reason why he dwells by faith first is so that you can move further and become rooted and then grounded in love, so you may be able to comprehend. So he's now explaining more of that rooting and grounding. He's talking about the comprehension of all the dimensions, the dimensions of the breadth, the length, the depth, the height. Then he now says to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge. Praise God. Now, I believe that this passeth knowledge here is the knowledge of faith. Because it's talking about to know the love, it's knowledge of love. It's, an, it's an, also a knowledge, but it passes a knowledge. And you now see that Paul also spoke in Ephesians, in fact, in 1 Corinthians 13, about there is actually something, there's a them of knowledge and mysteries you will know that and you don't have charity, you still are nothing. So there is the a knowing which is great. This is all knowings in Christ, right? There is a knowing, there, and this thing I'm saying is different. The Lord has been showing me this thing: is that a soul that knows faith is one thing; a soul that knows love is another thing. There are these are as are levels of knowing or levels of maturity. Development in Christ. When you see a, a Christ fit man, is is an awesome man. I'm not talking about faith of towards God and all that. I mean in Christ. I mean faith of revelation. I mean a handler of faith. It means that when you see such a soul, they are is like a soul who is skilled at at voyage, skilled at traveling. Such a soul, when God occasionally they can even they can even do crazy acts of love because by virtue of their faith they, they can journey into some love terrain but the thing is that they haven't inherited it so they can journey but after a while they fall back home because their place of domicile is a place of where the, what they have inherited amen so one thing that the lord one thing that the lord told me the lord told me that you you make movement by faith 
in the spirit. The way you move in the spirit is by faith, but the way you stay is by love. The way you move is by faith. The way you, you progress is by faith. The way you press on, the way you advance in the spirit. Faith, faith is the advancement power in the spirit. But there's something called the staying power in the spirit. It's called love. Love is a love is a staying power to is wanting to enter a, 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 a territory. But to abide in that realm is not faith alone can't make his soul abide. When you read the New Testament, this was John's language. John was a teacher of abode, he was teaching abode, how the how soul abides in a realm. He, John taught beyond faith. Paul taught how to move, how to advance in the spirit, how to take a soul that has that is carnal. Paul can teach advancement by Paul's letter. A soul can journey. Amen. But John now came with a higher another. John brought the crowning conversation of Christ for to connect the conversation of God, and that's why he now began to teach about abiding. You see in John chapter fourteen, where we read before, where Christ said, "I am the way, the truth, and the life." When you go down to in that chapter, you now began to see John now began to teach. He began to open up the the other end, which is the the real purpose of the, of Christ is to cause abode, and he taught it. He taught it using the the wisdom of commandment, keeping of commandment. And if you keep my commandment, if you he that loves me, the he that loves me is a keeper. So it was a keeper. A keeper is an abider. And he said that that same person, he would do it to a point where because of his riches of love, I will love him too. My father will love him. And then after a while, we will come to him and make our abode in God. You see him saying in the book of First John, chapter 4, he that dwelleth in love, dwelleth in God. So you are seeing dwelling, abiding, uh, faith language, uh, sorry, a love language. Then when you see, you see more of coming, is faith more of piercing, more of advancement? Is faith language? Praise God. So, so when, when they want to give soul inheritance, you must break into love conversation. The soul must break into a love conversation. Uh, you can't just if a faith guy, a faith boy cannot inherit. God cannot trust a if just a faith boy alone. You see, it's a language. It doesn't mean faith stops. It doesn't mean when you go into love, faith and stuff. No, but the way Paul put it, he said that if you have those things but have not, means that he didn't say it's not it's bad to have them. He's just saying that if you have them alone, you don't you haven't entered into love, then you don't have you don't have property in the spirit. You don't you don't own it. You might be using it. You might be operating it. You might be doing it as revelation is coming. And as the spirit creates an environment to do it, but to own it, to have inheritance, is uh, is a, it takes uh, allocation. It takes the soul coming into love. Praise God. So this Ephesians chapter three that we're reading, it says here that, um, Amen. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith first, that you being rooted and grounded in love, then maybe able to comprehend with the saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and, and height and then to know the love of Christ, praise God, which passeth knowledge. And when you've known the love of Christ that passeth knowledge, then that ye be, may now be filled with all the fullness of God. 
Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I love the next verse. He said that now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. He said, according to the power that worketh in us, to him the glory in the church by Christ Jesus through all, out all ages, world without end. Amen. Praise so this, this excellent way that we are speaking of is, we're talking about the way that excels. That is the way, the way that takes you beyond. It is a particular way. There is a, there is a way of faith, but there is the way of love. So that way of love is the way of inheritance. It's that it's a, as he had by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. As he had by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. Even so there is the excellence, excellence, the, to excel, that's what God wants for men. God wants men to excel. God wants men to excel. The devil doesn't want man to excel. The devil, the devil can watch his soul, watch his soul, watch his soul, watch his soul. And then he doesn't, the devil doesn't bring out all he has against his soul. Even in faith terrain, when the soul is making advancement in faith, he's threatened, of course, because he knows faith can lead to love. But when the soul comes into an awareness, when the soul begins to posture, say, okay, we've been taking voyage for a long time, like, like the way God came at some point in the, in the Old Testament, in the wilderness, and said, you have gone around this mountain for too long. In other words, they were, they were in the wilderness walking, walking, walking. And the, that time of walking in the wilderness is a time of exercise of feet for advancement into the land of inheritance. Because by the time you are this, 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 the soul is advancing to take inheritance, the feet must have been strong. And by through faith training in the spirit. Amen. And so that feet... Um, um, strengthening of feet, part of faith work is for the purpose of bringing about that strengthening of the feet of men. So the devil brings everything when it comes to the area of, of being established and beginning to receive inheritance in the spirit. That was, that's where you saw the John began to speak about some guys who are not of us who departed out, they were not all of us. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you why. They were faith boys, so revelation boys. Revelation guys, faith guys, some of them, I believe, are joining in faith, in faith then. But when it got to time of inheritance, you now began to see seduction. There's a seduction that rises in the time of abiding. When it's time of, of abode, praise the Lord. That's it. This is how I written unto you concerning them that seduce you. So those that seducer, right, that's why you now began to see many antichrists began to rise in the time of transitioning from faith into love to when one is time to begin to inherit. Then antichrist, you now began to say, those who that who abideth not in the doctrine of Christ, who continue not in the doctrine of Christ, they have, have not have not God. Those who transgress. So, and those who transgress means they journey to a point they couldn't break into law. And that's one of the, the dangers um, 
of when it's time to inherit and the soul does not want to inherit it means that they've surrounded the soul with abundance of revelation there's been a measure of faith work faith has been ongoing and then it's time to inherit and then they now check and detect there is that there is a secret uh, paul calls it an evil heart of unbelief in departing that was what they found in some of those Jews in the wilderness, that when the Lord was preparing them for to begin to take inheritance, um, to take their land in the spirit, you now we're going to find in evil heart of unbelief in departure from the living God. I know that will not be the case, that the Lord will grant us grace and strength to begin to press on into inheritance. And so the posturing for inheritance is a standing. For inheritance when the soul is not just it stops when the soul moves from just being a tourist of faith to now begin to think about owning things you know it's a different mindset <laughs> you can you can see that mindset from in the natural from a young person who's maybe just a young person in school doing a part-time job and all um, getting some money, he can do all kinds of things, can rent a house here, move to another house, rent up and down. He doesn't care. He's not thinking about owning things. He's just going around. He's getting experience and do what. It comes to a time when, after a while, he has grown for you at a while, maturity, experience, he begins to think about owning. He begins to think about having his own. And that's the every healthy heart in the spirit after a while, she begin to think about owning, and that that mindset of owning things. Of course, we know when I'm saying owning, we know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about divine nature. The owning means uh, it's not enough to just be, you know, a feel of the sun. I have revelation, but I want to own nature. I want to have inheritance in me. That point is when fate begins to translate into hope. Hope is the anchor. Hope is the thought of inheritance. Is that which anchors behind the veil? Is what is what is hope that creates the standing of the soul that makes the soul begin to think thoughts of staying, taking position in the spirit to own nature. Amen. Uh, so, um, Peter made mention, uh, let's oh, pray, what time is it? 10.46, praise God. Uh, let's just see a little bit about Peter. Um, second Peter. Second Peter, praise God. chapter 1. Um, I'll read quickly from verse 1. It says, Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained, that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Praise God. 
um, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. And verse 3, according as his divine power had given unto us all things that attain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue and whereby are given unto us exceeding great exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lost praise God. So so um, Peter is writing to those who have obtained like precious faith. Of course, we know life, like precious faith is the faith of Christ, right? Is the faith of the Son. It's, it's not faith towards God. It's not, it's not faith in the Lord Jesus. This is, um, this like precious faith is, is a high faith. It's actually is higher than love for all the saints too. So, so he's now writing to them and he's now saying that grace and peace need to be multiplied to you through knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord according as his divine power given to us. So the, 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 the divine power is what gives unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory. Now this divine power here is not faith. The divine power here, yeah, the divine power is Christ. I think we've, we've studied and we've gone far by, by God's grace to know this. So we don't need to, to explain that too much. We know the divine power is Christ, but someone can be using the faith of the Son, but they haven't yet touched the divine power. The divine power is beyond just the faith of the Son. The divine power is actually the dimension of Christ or that can give all things that pertain to life and godliness. So the divine power is beyond the faith of Christ. The divine power is actually the love of Christ. The divine power is that the divine power is the, that precise, that actual potential that opens up a soul to God is the power that is what so and, and I can tell you just a soul that has just faith of Christ but not doesn't yet have charity doesn't yet have a way into God because God doesn't land on faith God lands on love God is love he, he, he rests upon love so the, the power that carries God is a, is a love power. It's not a faith power. So then this thing called the divine power here is the love of Christ. It is a soul that has become capacitated for what it speaks about in the verse 4 as the divine nature. It says that whereby given to us exceeding great. Now the exceeding is from the word excellent excel it exceeds it's higher amen so to what connects exceeding great and precious promises which is the partaking of the divine nature which is the partaking of god's nature is actually this power it's actually the, the love of christ is charity 
that so it is a level of inheritance by which a soul receives all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and to virtue. Please God, um, I don't want to spend too much time on that so we can still have time to pray. Uh, let's go down more. Praise God in verse 5. You now see, he now begins to begin to explain the process of how you come into divine power. It's He begins from faith first. And it, he ends in charity. So from verse 5, you see, you add to your faith. So faith first, right? And then ends in charity in verse 7. So this verse 5 to 7 is really... 1 Corinthians, the end of 1 Corinthians 13, that abided three, faith, hope, and charity. So verse 5 to 7 is faith, hope, and charity, but more faith, hope, and charity more explained and broken down and more resolved into the things that must be added upon each other from the access into faith to a point where the soul comes into potential or the divine power. Praise God. Um, so he sees faith out of faith, virtue to virtue, knowledge. See, virtue, knowledge, those are all in the realm of faith. Virtue is still faith. Knowledge is still faith. <laughs> then you now see from knowledge, when you, you, when you are now moving into temperance, you are moving your cross to temperance, then patience. You are begin to begin to cross into the hope world. When you become temperate, it means you are what makes a man temperate is because he has a hope. What makes a man begin to be temperate? Temperance means you, you don't just abuse yourself. You don't just be you're not anyhow, you become measured and careful with your dealings is those are characteristic of a soul that has a hope beyond its present estate so faith increases till his soul begins to have temperance and then temperance patience right then patience does a work patience is actually the crowning of hope is the real essence of hope patience is the essence of hope you see that in in Ephesians chapter five, um, from sorry Romans chapter five, where we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God, by whom also we have access into this grace in which we stand, and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Right? He said, not, then I said, not only that, we glory in tribulation. Why? For tribulation worketh patience. So that tribulation are tribulations of faith. You work at patience, then patience experience, experience hope, right? Then, then after that, it says hope does not disappoint because the love of Christ or hope make it not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Spirit. So you see, hope will connect love in that place. So it's the same thing here. By the time they now begin to speak of patience, the first attribute of charity that a soul ha has is called godliness. Godliness is the, is the initial measure of, sh of charity. Then after a while, godliness increases. It becomes brotherly kindness. 
That brotherly kindness is the love of the brethren, right? Which is also charity. That's where the brotherhood of charity begins to emerge out of the initial nature of godliness. Then before it now, from brotherly kindness, you now have the full-blown charity, which is the full potential. When a soul comes into this, the charity, the word of God begins to open. So you see, charity is actually the way, is the excellent way. Is a more excellent way. The excellent way is the way that the way that really opens God up is really love. It's really love. Faith alone of Christ, revelations of Christ doesn't open God to the soul. A, a soul who only has revelation of Christ will not will not be able to understand God. You won't be able to to really hold him to receive God. But when the soul has had a house. In the realm of the spirit, he has come into an inheritance in the realm of the spirit. He has become a partaker of the nature, the divine nature, which is love nature. Then the word of God, the Bible says in that in Ephesians chapter 3, that you begin to be filled with all the fullness of God. Amen. I think we can just stop here for today. Praise God. The Lord will come to help us more. But I want us to begin to pray uh, concerning this. Um, all they're just telling us is just. They just make telling you that you need to inherit things and that things that you have known before about a lot of revelation has come. The, the realm of Christ has been is being painted and more of revelation. I mean, we've been on Christ for a long time, years now. Mm-hmm. And faith of Christ has been taught different with plenty of grace. God has helped us. We have revelation. But now they are telling us that those things now is time for you to own them, for them to become your own. That's the anytime love conversation comes, love is they want to make you an a landlord in the spirit. They want to make you, you know, you can be a tenant in Christ's world. Means you are living there, but you are not, you don't own that, you don't you don't have property. Means that when they check your nature, it's not really your home, it's not your natural expression. That those things might not be your natural expression, but but the there is a power, there is a grace available, the mercy available to make Christ our nature. That's the blessing of this. And let's begin to pray and let's ask the Lord that this, this grace for this thing will not elude us. That heaven will open. Makalize. Prastande edikala maroste kande librate zive noste si anime crendona. Thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Father, 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 thank you, Increase, 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 increase,
The Lord will begin to open up the, the gates of inheritance to our soul. We begin to open up doors of inheritance to our soul. Graces for inheritance, ability for inheritance, to inherit, to inherit nature, to inherit his love. To Messiah Mata, open, 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 Zosta, Sasa, Zuse, Limia, Mazura, Dania, Talika, Yela, Doske, Yenta, Liza, Ulika, Yelios, the Kanda, Lena, Mama, Noria, Lemedege, Eglala, Sasa, Sasa, Susa, Dinegesa, Osan, Sasa, 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 Sesemese, Segese, Esse, Kaira, La Mazama, Malamadege, Emalaga, Magalina, Manze, Celebranta, Igresh, Napalandote. Thank you, Father. I give you glory. Amen. Praise God. I want us to pray one prayer. I want us to pray for grace, um, for release of grace. That's what we need. I remember Paul, um, in the book of Second uh, Corinthians, chapter twelve, when he was speaking about um, his own season of of exaltation, the the resistance he he received. Um, from Satan, you know, where the time souls, everyone begins to open this realm, this dimension of inheritance to his soul. Um, by that time, souls, when when that when your soul comes to that place, the devil takes notice. Satan himself takes notice. Uh, Satan himself, he doesn't because not very men, not many men come here to this place where they they begin to zero in on inheriting nature. Of God, uh, so this thing awakens such a quest, awakens the Satan. Paul said that in his own case, zealous I be exalted above measure. You know, some people said that that thing is talking about maybe him being proud or something. I don't know, maybe it's possible, but me, I'm seeing something else here that this he said, lest I be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelations. So because he has gathered abundance of revelation. I believe it was now time for exaltation. And if, if you see it as maybe him, that in making him proud, um, um, yeah, I could still agree with you because exaltation goes both ways. Like mm -hmm. Satan, from the point where he was, he went to exalt himself. That was in a pride way. But it doesn't mean that there's no way of exaltation. It's just that there's an order in which exaltation should happen. So if there's multitude of revelation. It can exaltation can happen either by pride or by anything. But what, what I'm conscious of in this verse is that it said, "Lest I be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelation." It said there was sent to me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan. When it comes to this realm, Satan wars with men. In the he sends messengers. And the, the, the purpose of this messenger, I believe, is to make a soul not zero in, not become anchored in the, in their heart. So um, it's, the purpose of such messenger is always make the soul retreat home. Go back home to your former estate. Go back home to your, your resting place. You know, when you, you, through revelation, you know, revelation has things inside it. It can spur the soul up. To measure out a walk. But after a while, when your walk begins to threaten the devil, he can release messengers to sow. And those messengers can be, they can be for the purpose of besetting, to beset the soul. Make sure that he regresses, he goes back, he's, 
he makes sure he doesn't stay and contend for that place in the spirit. And he said, for this, I besought the Lord three times, amen, that he might depart from me. And then he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Then most gladly, therefore, I will rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ might rest upon me. Praise the Lord. Are you seeing that? So what happened in, in answer to prayer, the Lord Jesus revealed to him the secret of accessing the power of Christ, which is in submitting to the cause of faith, or the which is also the cause where you also glory in my infirmities. Those infirmities, you can call them weaknesses, um, but weaknesses are channels of tribulation, right? That's what Paul said. I also glory in tribulation because it worketh patience, patience, experience or character, experience, then hope. And then hope does not make another shame because the love of Christ is shared, which is the power. So I want to pray that it takes grace to make a soul, to counsel a soul, help a soul, shield a soul, and strengthen a soul when it comes to this area of inheritance and, and, and maintaining their lot in the spirit. Let us begin to pray in the name of Jesus that this grace in this season, there will be release of graces corporately for us, individually for us, in all manner of way that there will be release of grace from heaven. For inheritance. Every ministration be bullets of grace, doses of grace, leaves of grace into souls. Souls will receive grace, hearts will possess grace. In Shamanata Mahara, in Crescent of Ibrahat, in Krasazazazuvianta Manudezika, Elimanuska, Lavarudan, the Libresta Libredoluske, in Renzuskala Mazupata, Egresata Malungre, and the Begiz Gita, in Sasa, Mesiske, the Mesiska, the Mesiske. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We all glory to your name. We worship your holy name. We bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. <clears throat> In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. I don't know if it's Pastor Bukumi on the line, please. Yeah. Thank you, Father. Amen. If, okay. If not, amen. I'll just I'll just close in prayer. In Jesus' name, Father, we thank you. We give you glory. Um, thank you for tonight. Thank you for helping us. Thank you for releasing of grace to pray, releasing the spirit of grace and supplication to us. Father, we thank you because of the your word. And we know that these words are seeds that you are sowing and that you are sowing deep into our heart and that in due time it will begin to bring forth fruits of righteousness. Father, I pray, Lord, that you will let there be an impartation in this season. Let heavens open up greatly over us, Lord, that in all these things there will be a great release of the dividends, O oh God, that in every soul, in every heart, those of us who are on the line, those of us who participate in this convention in one way or the other, Lord, as many who are you are portioned to bless in this season, I pray, Father, Lord, may there be a great release of blessing. Thank you, our Father. 
We give all the glory to your name. We, we worship your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. Between the cherubim, shine forth.